0: All Glens Falls. It's eight o'clock. morning. This is Northern Light for Monday, January 8th. I'm Todd Moe. Monica Zandreski is away this week. Huvelton's Animal Shelter is planning to build a new space. The state is instituting new in- uh, regulations for animal shelters, effective 2025. Some local shelters will have to raise thousands of dollars for upgrades or face foreclosure
1: everybody is full. So if we close, that puts that much more stress on other shelters in the area, even in surrounding counties.
0: Also, we'll look back at how you our listeners helped shape the stories we told and the news we reported on in 2023 from healthcare to outdoor murals.
1: There's a pond, there's birch trees and mountains and and there's 45 animals hidden in the mural, including the two children who are my grandchildren.
0: The thousands of North Country seniors currently on Medicare will now have a cap on their prescription drug costs and why Monday night is a great time to hear live music in Saranac Lake. All that's coming up on Northern Light. Broadcast of Northern Light here on North Country Public Radio is supported by Adirondack Experience, the museum on Blue Mountain Lake, hosting their new In the Adirondack Library online series each month. Details at the theadkx.org. And by Apothecary Chocolates, making gourmet chocolates by hand from all natural herbs, botanicals, and tree syrups, apothecarychocolates.com. This is Northern Light. I'm Todd Mo. A federal judge in New York says the US Military Academy at West Point can continue to use race as a factor in admission decisions for now. WSHU's Desiree Diorio has more.
2: The ruling is a setback for the anti-affirmative action group Students for Fair Admissions. That's the same group that successfully challenged race-conscious admissions at Harvard and the University of North Carolina this summer. The judge shot down the group's request to temporarily suspend affirmative action at the elite military academy until the lawsuit is over. In his decision, the judge said West Point was deep into its current admission cycle for the next school year and to change the policy midstream would cause too much disruption. West Point has defended race conscious admissions, citing unit cohesion and national security. For North Country Public Radio, I'm Desiree DiOrio.
0: Animal shelters around New York need to make updates to their buildings in 2025 to comply with new state regulations. It'll be an especially hard lift for small rural shelters like the one in Huvalton in St. Lawrence County. Catherine Wheeler reports.
3: The Gracious Friends Animal Sanctuary is about a 20-minute drive outside of the village of Huvalton. Its treasurer, Morgan Topping, says people forget they're out there. They struggle to get the adoptions, volunteers, and donations that animal shelters in more populated places have. Topping says they want to use the state's new law to confront that barrier.
1: That on top of New York State having new regulations coming out that we have to comply with in 2025, we just decided that it might be a good idea to uproot ourselves, our shelter, and move us into the actual town of Hugh
3: Right now, the shelter can house up to 30 cats and nine dogs. Topping says given all that needs to be done, it makes more sense to start from scratch than to update the existing building. The new regulations require the shelters to have specific spaces, separate cat and dog nurseries, animal intake and isolation rooms. And,
1: you know, there's got to be like a meet and greet space. There's going to be a lobby. We want offices, maybe a training room, a meeting room, because right now we have our meetings at the fire hall. So
3: it'd be nice to have our own space. Topping says these regulations are a good thing. It creates uniform standards across the state for animal shelters, but it's a steep price to pay for small shelters like Huvelton's to get there. Topping says they want to raise about $250,000 to build a new space on land that's being donated. She says if they don't get enough funding, the shelter would have to close until they could comply with the state's new rules, and the effects would ripple throughout the North Country.
1: Everybody is full. So if we close, that puts that much more stress on other shelters in the area, even in surrounding counties.
3: Topping says right now they need to find an architect to get the blueprints drawn up and then get quotes from a contractor. They need that to apply for the state's grant program that helps animal shelters make the changes. Catherine Wheeler, North Country Public Radio in Huvalton.
0: Senator Chuck Schumer says a provision in the Inflation Reduction Act will mean real savings for seniors who are on Medicare. The Democratic Majority Leader says starting this week there is a cap on what they'll pay out-of-pocket for prescription drugs. New York seniors on Medicare will have out-of-pocket prescription drug costs capped at $3,300 this year. Schumer says that means no senior on Medicare will pay more than that, no matter how many drugs they take and how expensive they are. He says a large percentage of seniors have drug costs over $3,000 a year. And with things like commonly used cancer drugs, averaging $12,000 per year in out-of-pocket spending for one drug alone, that drug alone. But now, thanks to this new rule, the costs can't skyrocket. Schumer says eligible seniors will save even more in 2025 when the cap is reduced even further to $2,000. He says this will benefit the nearly 250,000 seniors enrolled in Medicare in the Rochester Finger Lakes region. New York's Workers' Compensation Board wants employers to know that if they are injured on the job, their employer can't tell the worker where to get treated in an emergency. The state's advocate for injured workers, Joe Cavalcanti, says in the board's latest webinar that he's received complaints about this from claimants.
4: Workers, you don't have to have the manager in the treatment room with you when you're seeing the doctor. You're now dealing with public health law there. So there's nothing about comp that says the manager has to be in that treatment room.
0: Cavalcanti says the number one thing a worker should do if injured on the job is to get the treatment they need. Then they should inform their employer in writing about the incident within 30 days. Cavalcanti says also recommends workers fill out a form known as C3, which allows them to explain in their own words what happened. There are tips and other information designed to get employees through the complicated workers' compensation process at the Workers' Compensation Board website. A St. Lawrence County woman has been ordered to pay $50,000 in restitution for stealing money from the Morley Fire Company. 58-year-old Cindy Perkins was treasurer for the fire company from 2016 to 2019. State investigators found she withdrew organizational money at casinos, wrote checks to herself from the fire company's account, and kept fundraiser money instead of depositing it. Perkins pleaded guilty to grand larceny in November and was sentenced earlier this week by a local judge. Get more news all the time on our website at ncpr.org. to Northern Light, right here on North Country Public Radio. The time now, nine minutes past eight. I'm Todd Moe. Monica has the week off. Coming up in just a moment, we'll look back at our texting club and how you helped shape the news right here on North Country Public Radio. That's coming up in a moment. This is music by Ursa and the Major Key out of Plattsburgh. Northern Light is supported by the Village Mercantile in Saranac Lake, established in 2011 with a mission of community-fueled solutions. With essentials for home, camp, and gift-giving, villagemerc.com, anything but general. As we head into 2024, we wanted to take a little look back at how you, our listeners, shaped the stories we told and the news we reported on this past year. Amy Feireisel is our community engagement reporter. She's also the host of our texting club, which over 500 people now participate in. Welcome, Amy.
5: Thanks, Todd. It's always nice to be in the studio with you. Wow,
0: 500 people. I know. Actually,
5: it's 551, but, you know, over 500 was my roundup, well, <laughs> round is, down.
0: That is excellent. So so you're in to do a sort of a year in review of our texting club, but you're... NCPR's first ever community engagement reporters. So I think, let, let's start there. Who, what is a community engagement reporter anyway?
5: Yes, it does seem like <laughs> a vague term. Community engagement, you know, it's just a fancy term for when NCPR connects with listeners, and that's not new. Think about, you know, folks calling into our music shows, emailing us with story ideas, and event series like The Howl. But listeners may have noticed that we've sort of been ramping all of that up in new ways in the past two years you know making crowdsourced maps putting out lots of surveys and asking people you know to send us in their news tips and their photos and their stories and so as the community engagement reporter i sift through a lot of that data you know i call people back i put the points on the map and i send out texts to our texting club and i respond to everyone who texts back and the reason that this stuff is important is because our news and our arts reporting and our storytelling it's just better, you know, when when the residents of the North Country are a part of the journalism. Mm-hmm.
0: And we did a lot in community engagement last year, starting with our 25th anniversary look back at the 1998 ice storm, mm-hmm. which was a huge part of the North Country's collective memory.
5: It is, and we really wanted to revisit it through the eyes of everyone who lived it. And pretty much all of the stories we told that month about the ice storm were direct contributions from listeners by way of the survey or the texting club. And hearing those first-person accounts was really powerful. Here are some clips.
2: But the smell was what really, really amazed me. It was like stepping into a sawmill. Three days into the storm... There was a big thaw, and that was a huge
4: problem. We get people coming in and out all the time, take a shower, get something to eat. And
1: I don't think that was unusual. If you had power and you could help people, I think people pretty much did that.
5: That was Allison Arnold from Peru, Brad Pendergraft in Parrishville, and Marjorie Brown in Plattsburgh.
0: Yeah, it really makes you feel like you were you were right there. And it's great because... We heard from a lot of different people and uh, from different places, folks we wouldn't have known to connect, to contact.
5: That's a real focus of the texting club and community engagement overall to get voices we wouldn't normally hear on the radio on the radio. And that was also a goal of our library series, which you, Todd, kickstarted in the spring.
0: Yeah, that was a a project that pretty near and dear to my heart, a big fan of libraries and libraries are, are really at the center of so many of our North Country communities. We asked folks to reflect on what libraries meant to them and featured conversations with librarians and library staff.
5: And so many people responded and shared such beautiful, heartfelt stories and feelings. Honestly, it was really difficult to pick something to play. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But you spoke with Mary and Marty Schubert from Lake Placid about their library and what it's meant to them and their children.
4: Linda Blair, and we call
1: her Linda Librarian, she's (laughs) been with the library for over 44
4: years. Our kids are now, our daughter's 41 and our son's late 30s. I used to take them there to Linda's story time. She had one hour a week, every week, and she's still doing it. Linda Blair, the fixture at Lake Placid Public Library, keeps me supplied with books. She's just a librarian extraordinaire. I call her and tell her I need something, and. The next day, uh, she says, come on in, Marty, and pick it up.
0: A lot of what we do with the texting club and listener participation is fun and joyful it also becomes central, Amy, to how we report our deeply reported news and journalism, especially with, with our big news stories.
5: It is. And, and that started actually during the pandemic when we were trying to connect with folks virtually and realized how much richer our reporting was when we crowdsourced story ideas, especially for series. And the first series we did that um, with started with our child care series in 2020. We had a survey out for that, and we followed that with a series on education and the worker shortage and housing. And this year, it was healthcare. care.
0: Yeah, and it's a, it's a long process. We ask folks to fill out our health care survey in the summer, but the series didn't start until this past fall.
5: Mm-hmm. And it took that long because a lot of our stories were shaped by what people said was important to them in the survey. I mean, we really broke that down and looked at it as a news team and a newsroom. And we spoke with people who who then shared their individual healthcare stories. And I think it's a really important way that we focus our attention on the people impacted by an issue. And so much in-depth human reporting came from that. Um, It's hard to play anything because there's so much. So you can find our entire healthcare series online at ncpr.org under the news tab.
0: Okay. I I know there's a lot we haven't touched on. We haven't touched on things like the good news tip line, our holiday roundup, but I wanted to make sure we talk about, it's actually, there's a link right on the website right now about Mm -hmm. the mural map.
5: Yes, and which was such a fun project and that was actually our second NCPR-sourced map Last summer, we had the ice cream map. And this year, we really wanted to highlight all of the amazing public art in our region and the artists who have made it. So many people, so many people got involved and sent us pictures of murals and painted rocks and sculptures. And we got out and visited them, too. Uh, Catherine Wheeler visited Joanne Lincoln and Colton this fall to talk about the mural she painted in the Story Garden next to the local library. This just was almost immediate.
1: I was like, okay, you want Adirondack? I know exactly what I'm going to do. There's a pond, there's birch trees and mountains, and and there's 45 animals hidden in the mural, including the two children, who are my grandchildren.
0: I love the fact that this mural artist, you know, incorporated her own grandchildren yes. into the piece. It's <laughs> really delightful, yeah. And we can't end our conversation, Amy, without telling people how they can get involved.
5: Yes, so... Really, the easiest and most direct way is to be a part of our texting club, which over 200 people joined this past year. Now we're at over 500. You'll get one, maybe two texts a month, and you can respond when you want to and just totally ignore us if you're, if you're, if we're asking about something that you're not interested in. Um, and the texting club was, it was kind of the big source for most of our community engagement projects this year. So to join, super easy, just text the word new to this number, 315- That's the word new to 315-978-6277. Other ways to connect are by emailing us at news at ncpr.org, you know, responding to our social media call outs, and of course taking our surveys, and we'll be sure to have a new one of those out
0: soon. Thanks so much, community engagement reporter, Amy Freibreisel. Thanks. Thanks, Todd. The North Country is receiving about $300,000 for outdoor access projects through the State Environmental Protection Fund. Three of the four projects have to do with snowmobile trails and access. The Adirondack Rail Trail Association in the High Peaks, Cranberry Lake Mountaineers Snowmobile Club in the Northern Adirondacks, and Winona Forest Recreation Association on the Tug Hill Plateau received about 90% of the funding. Their projects include trail building, restoration, and a snowmobile trail groomer. And St. Lawrence County has launched an online booking platform for county hotels, motels, and bed and breakfast. It can be found at visitslc.com. It's part of the County Chamber of Commerce's efforts to market St. Lawrence County as a vacation destination. Right now there are just 28 lodging options on the platform, but chamber officials are encouraging other businesses to put themselves on the map, including smaller options like short-term rentals. The Interim Director of Tourism Tiffany Amos said in a A press release quote: "We've done the heavy lifting here, and what we need now is strength in numbers." Unquote. Northern Light here on North Country Public Radio. Good morning. It's eight twenty. I'm Todd Moe. Monica Sandresky has the week off. Thank you so much for listening. Coming up in just a moment. Live music Monday nights in Saranac Lake. Yes, it's the Hootenanny. We'll check in with the producer coming up in just a moment. Also, we have more from Morning Edition coming up, including Bird Note and uh, the Marketplace Morning Report. And then at 9 o'clock, live from London, it's BBC News Hour. The Weather Service says uh, sunshine today uh, in places like Glens Falls, Saratoga Springs, uh, and also uh, partly sunny skies in the Champlain Valley. Clouds elsewhere and uh, highs today ranging from the upper 20s into the mid-30s. It's going to be windy starting tomorrow and continuing through Wednesday afternoon. According to the National Weather Service, there are high wind watches in effect, primarily along the Tug Hill, the Adirondacks, and into the Green Mountains in uh, Vermont. So extending from Eastern Lake Ontario through the Adirondacks to the Green Mountains in Vermont. Tomorrow afternoon through Wednesday afternoon, wind gusts out of the southwest as high as 65 miles per hour at times. This is according to the National Weather Service service could affect uh, uh, could cause down trees power lines and some widespread power outages again that's a high wind watch in effect from Tuesday afternoon through Wednesday afternoon extending from eastern lake ontario through the adirondacks and uh, the green mountains of vermont one of the Adirondacks' newest music venues is offering the chance to check out local talent on Monday evenings. Since last November, the garagerie has made Mondays one of the best days of the work week. Yes, the Saranac Lake Hootenanny is a weekly gathering of musicians, hosted and produced by Charlie Reinertsen of Two Line Studio. Musicians and listeners are welcome every Monday night at the garagery from 6.30 to 10 for a night of featured artists and open mic performances. I caught up with uh, Charlie, who records, produces, and shares the music on social media. He grew up in the Midwest and says as a musician, he wanted to create a space for local musicians and those new to the Adirondacks.
4: This place is kind of this combination of all the things that I love about all the places that I've lived my wife and I have just really called this home and, and we love it here, so. Well,
2: I've been playing out the options Drafting notes I never mail Laying crumbs I hope lead you Back along this chair I don't want to tell you What you give is not enough I may try with withdrawing But I know you catch my bluff I've traveled miles and weeks to see Up and do it again But I know it's not the same for you My lost and lonely friend mm-hmm.
4: I've been really fortunate throughout my whole life to find and kind of fall into these musical communities. These events, whether they're public events or friends inviting musicians over to play music Just different people in my life have created this amazing community around music. And when I moved up here, it was in the middle of the pandemic. So some of those events really weren't happening. But as we have started to come out of the pandemic and uh, more live music is available, I started noticing that there aren't a lot of places for smaller acts to be able to perform in a stage setting. And a lot of uh, amazing venues up here are also breweries and restaurants that are not quite the same as performing on a stage. And so we're trying to create the space for musicians to perform in a stage setting that they might not have access to otherwise. And then at the end of the week, I post the full length uh, recording of the performance. I've been producing the Hootenanny through my company, Two Line Studio, and donating those recordings for free. And so... Musicians can download the full length, trim it down to their section, and then post to all their channels. Because as a musician myself, I know that it's really, really hard to build this portfolio that's expected of you. You're supposed to have these great recordings and videos of what you're able to do so that you can book bigger and bigger acts.
0: So it sounds like it's kind of a combination performance space, recording studio, and then you also push out the finished product on social media.
4: Yeah, that's right. So this combined evening of featured artists who has about 45 minutes to be able to share their music And then an open mic where we give two songs to each musician. Mm -hmm. And then we close it all down with what we're calling the slew line, which is uh, this jam with either artists that we've selected ahead of time that uh, maybe haven't played together before, or just opening it up to all the musicians who have been there that night to be able to come up and play together.
0: So I assume that in terms of the music that you're producing, it's everything from a cappella to fiddle, guitar, uh, wind instruments?
4: That's right. Uh, every week is a learning curve for me. You know, <laughs> I, uh, uh, <laughs> It's pretty amazing. We've had uh just about everything and i'm in conversation with the two people who are gonna extend the uh reach of what we've been doing so far there's there's no genre and no instrument that isn't welcome at the hoot uh we love to see the the diversity of acts that come out it's a challenge but uh one that i'm excited to take on and that's been really fun to figure out as we go
0: give us kind of a rundown of at least the next couple of mondays who you've got performing
4: yeah, we've got an incredible January uh, up ahead of us. Um, I've been really excited about this lineup. Starting on Monday the 8th, we have Steve Langdon coming in. He plays blues, uh, guitar. He uh, you know, toured in, in Germany uh, being a street performer for a while, and he's a peatland researcher, which is another connection that I have with him, which is my uh, fascination and, and passion for our northern peatlands. So on January 15th, we have Josh Weiss coming in, sings just these beautiful singer-songwriter performances. And on January 22nd, we've got a duo coming in. It'll be Sarah Chen and Russ Cook. Both of them have been performers at the Hootenanny, uh, and they're coming back for the featured artist slot. And then we're going to round out the month uh, with Christian Rotner, who is also someone who you'll see out at various different breweries and restaurants in the area, and he just has this really beautiful voice and steady picking on the guitar that uh, it's a beautiful thing to behold. Um, Then uh, just dipping into February, we're looking to cook up something special for the Carnival Hoot. Mm -hmm. Uh, So February 5th, keep your eyes out for uh, what we'll be announcing for that. We're still putting that together, so that's going to be a fun one.
0: And if you're looking for something to do on a Monday night, you know, not a Friday or a Saturday, but a Monday night, then this is the place.
4: Yeah, this is a spot. That's the other neat thing about it is that uh, not too many other things are going on. So we've, we've gotten some good turnout. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, looking forward to seeing you all down at the Hoot.
2: These dreams that I've been spinning Wash like whiskey down a drain Don't talk about our feelings Let alone when we're in pain So we grab our fishing rods, Push this boat out from the beach We pretend that we're not chasing something Just within our reach and in our heads. Travel miles and weeks to see you Double up and do it again But I know it's not the same for you First and truest friend No, I know it's not the same for you My first and truest friend Thank
0: you. Yeah, that's Charlie Reinertson. He is the host and producer of the Saranac Lake Hootenanny, Monday nights, as in tonight, starting at 6.30 at the garagery in Saranac Lake from 6.30 to 10. You'll hear music by Steve Langdon tonight. And, uh, yeah, stop by. There's featured artists, open mic performances, and more at the garagery in Saranac Lake, Monday nights at 6.30. That's it for Northern Light for this Monday, January 8th. There's more of Morning Edition coming up in just a moment. I'm Todd Miller. Thanks for listening. Be well.